you have a family member that you know culture says you need to be super close to but this family member no one knows keeps you know really making you feel bad says words that are abusive it's my responsibility to put a boundary and i owe nobody any explanation my peace comes first sometimes that is very difficult to digest in a culture that you know glorifies things that are not contextually always right and by what i'm saying that that is empathy in play with no disrespect to that family member so that's where you're serving yourself you're still being very respectful but you're also doing you know your mental health a favor mm-hmm. and if this person does not change it's not your responsibility to change them Welcome to another episode of Yellow Less Talk where we are building a community to help you figure things out. Today we have somebody who's very very special to me. This guy is my homeboy. He is an entrepreneur, he's a content creator, he is a mental health advocate. He is Forbes 30 under 30. He has made waves in the mental health community and he's also a musician and an artist. You the list just keeps going and going and going. The man who does it all, Ali Salama. Thank you so much Ooh. for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So Ali, you came all the way from Dubai. Yeah. How is the weather like right now in Dubai? It is getting really hot, I'll tell you that. Like just the the season change is crazy, but I'm just really excited to be here in Toronto. I'm uh, doing a lot of stuff musically, but I just love to to also reconnect Mac. Habibi man, I love I love hearing that and Right now in Canada the weather is pretty cold so I feel like a lot of people who are listening who might be in Canada or the US are like hey at least there's some sunlight in there. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a lot of, about empathy today. Yeah. This is the Ramadan season of the podcast and a lot of people are now reflecting they're thinking about how could they become a little bit more empathetic. Yeah. And you are the the poster boy for empathy you have a podcast called empathy always wins yeah. and you talk a lot about well-being and i just want to ask you how does empathy and having empathy impact someone's mental health so let's just like backtrack like it all back to where it starts i think and i believe empathy is having you know it starts by having self-awareness because by feeling empathy it's different than sympathy right sympathy and empathy are different in the sense that empathy i'm looking at you and we're and i'm feeling things but we are on the same leveling plane sympathy kind of in unintentionally looks down at someone saying and there's almost some pity in it that's why i always say empathy always wins because you can feel for someone understand the way they're feeling but not necessarily feel bad for them right and that's kind mm-hmm. of why you know sometimes we got to be very careful using the words empathy and sympathy but i always say empathy always wins because if you have this emotional intelligence mm-hmm. you're able to sing better feel better connect deeper and live a much more meaningful life i love that i love how you just said sing better as well so the artist part of yeah. you is coming out and i appreciate the fact that you differentiated between empathy and sympathy and i think the first question i should have probably asked you is the definition and the difference which you've already now explained yeah. empathy is really understanding and trying to have compassion for somebody whereas sympathy would be feeling more sorry for one person yes and and feeling almost bad like say for example an earthquake just happened 
in you know Syria and Turkey. I feel very sympathetic. You know, you, it's a different context to use empathy and sympathy. Um, but I, I just think that you know wrapping up why I feel empathy is very important in that sense is that the more you are emotionally intelligent, the more you have very swift, meaningful interactions and almost, let's just put it that way, if you're highly empathetic, you're street smart. You're able to get stuff done and you're able to really be authentic and not just feel transactional because okay. we all kind of um, need that, in my point of view. So I like that, but can you walk us through the reasoning behind that? So how Absolutely. does someone being more empathetic become more street smart? Let me tell you something. I'll give you an example. So yesterday, for example, your friend, your friend's car broke down, but today you have a very important task you need to do with him. Instead of calling, and he's late on delivering that. So instead of calling him, telling him, hey, it's not my problem that XXX happened, you can tell him, hey, I know this has been taking a massive toll on you. I'm here if you need any space to talk, but let's really put our best efforts and I can put in double the effort I can. That's empathy. You've just reached out to him. You've shown that you've that, that, that you've had this sentiment that he's not okay, but you've mm -hmm. also kind of not made the transactional ask. You've been smart enough to use your emotional intelligence to be where he is and he's now empowered to take that move to finish whatever that you need to finish with. So for you... Empathy is equated to higher EQ, to higher emotional intelligence. Well, you can't be very empathetic unless you have um, developed a level of self-awareness. And when you work mm -hmm. on your self-awareness, you start, you know, it, it's almost like the saying you can't go deep into someone deeper than you've been into yourself, right? So how can you go, how can you swim in an ocean so deep when you kind of you've never s swam before you need to kind of go in your own self to understand others and that's why we're all so so connected and i think you know bearing in mind that this is a ramadan special we need to take i think this month to self-reflect because today we're living in a very fast-paced environment and i think that when we pause we get realizations and actually most of the work happens in silence what you do in private you wear mm. in public i love that and it's very true it's uh we start within and we start reflecting on how do we improve ourselves heal within ourselves and that will then project to the world it's not coming the other way around i like the word you use there healing and i think that you know of course ramadan is a month where we reflect but it's also a month of spiritual healing and that directly pours into what we're talking about today which how can I develop my mm -hmm. levels of empathy? And I and I also think that you know it's those random acts of kindness. It's just being more human and getting out of your way and doing so. Because today we live in a in a day and age where I want to achieve this, I want to do this. It's super individualistic, but we have to understand that there's a collective energy, and the more you tap into it, the more you actually connect with people. I agree. I feel like we do live in a world where right now everyone just wants to like I do me, you do you kind of thing. Whereas sometimes if you want to have that sense of community, let's try to understand where everyone comes from and so we can live in unity for Absolutely. a lack of a better term. And now, you mentioned the month of Ramadan. We're in the month of Ramadan right now and a lot of people are, are asking themselves, okay, how does being empathetic actually look like in Ramadan? How does it look like for you to be more empathetic? And what advice would you have for someone 
who wants to become a little bit more empathetic this month? So, I mean, like, we have to understand that the month of Ramadan, we are all under pressure, right? Like, people aren't eating, we aren't drinking as much um, water, fluids. Many of us are cranky. So, you know, we are very reactive in this month. And I think that what empathy looks like is, you know, when you wake up and you don't have your morning coffee, you know, when it's four and you're just at your edge, you're edging. How do you react? You know, when you're going down on the dinner table, something you don't like happens. Someone, parent, a sibling, a loved one says something that really pisses you off. What are you going to do? That's when empathy has to kick in. That's when you have to pause and just realize that, okay, I'm the one going to be in control because that's what actually the month of Ramadan is about. And that's how I wanted to kind of link that emotional intelligence. Not everybody... In my point of view, that's real strength. Mm -hmm. And now how, well, and I appreciate what you said, you know, you're on edge and a lot of people are now, they don't have their coffee, they're a little cranky. And now you as a person, how do you actually start to empathize? Like what do you ask yourself to become more empathetic? Yeah, that's a very good question. I I believe that sometimes to uh, practice empathy, we need to understand that not everybody has the same reality that we live. Uh, You know, everyone has different motives. Everyone might have had a different day. People sometimes go through very tough experiences and emotional um, uh, experiences that they can't even themselves explain. So what that means like in my mind when someone acts out uh, or I'm about to react, I have to give X person the benefit of the doubt at this time or say to myself, I'm not sure why this is happening or what might be causing that, but you know what? I'm just going to take a step back and create some space Mm -hmm. in this very moment. That what empathy looks like to me. And that, you know, in very high pressure situations, when you are a CEO or when you have to make great calls, you have to be super calm and, and use that, um, I say that mawaza in, in Arabic, uh, that wisdom, that moment of wisdom. And that stems from, I believe, giving yourself space. And that is stemmed from having the EQ, the emotional quotient, or EI, emotional intelligence, to actually um, to actually execute on that. But that, that comes with time, usually. And for me, like I've been journaling for seven years to be able to develop a sense of calmness and and not really be always edgy because I'm a very, uh, I would say I'm a very obsessive person mm-hmm. and with that edgy personality. And that's the biggest thing I had to work on all my life. So for you, it's really taking the time to reflect, to journal, yeah, to keep yourself grounded. So yeah. you're able to make decisions and able to communicate from a point of peace. Yeah, Because you're right. I do feel like a lot of people, they let emotions cloud their judgment and I think as humans, we tend to be very compassionate as yeah. people, but sometimes when emotions get the best of us, that's when we become a little less empathetic. That's when we let things like anger or frustration or being hangry, you know, cloud our judgment. And I want to add something also. Yeah, please. Sometimes you need an emotional outlet too to release your emotions that might be too extreme. And that allows you to really have a, a healthy emotional state of being and that can help 
because you know you can practice all what we've said right now but mm -hmm. if you're very lonely you don't know where to you know pull you know or almost spill out how you feel whether yeah. that's through listening to music whether that's through journaling whether that's going through a walk however it is to just process imagine you have all this weight on a computer or all mm -hmm. those files but you don't have a processing power that is just gonna clog you and that is sometimes why things explode over nothing i call that conflict that i learned that from a friend of mine she's a new york times best-selling author she's called leanne davy and leanne what she taught me was something so small mm -hmm. but compounded when you don't deal with it in that moment ends up bursting over nothing and that's what we call conflict debt i love that conflict debt so that's a concept all of you guys gotta look more into and read that book Shout out to Leanne Davies. Yeah, she's she's a great girl. So Ali, we talked a lot about being empathetic and being an empath. And well, you can't have a conversation about being an empath without having a conversation about narcissism. Yeah. So what are the red flags that someone might be narcissistic? You know, that's a, again, it's, it's one of those intense questions. And I think that when we're dealing with narcissists, I think the biggest red flag there is, is that this person is their entire life revolves around just themselves being at the center of attention, neglecting important needs that might have greater impacts on others. Now, I, I think it, to describe a narcissist in like, you know, symptoms and all that would be for a psychotherapist. But in my point of view, from what I've seen in my life, I could definitely tell you that um, the dangerous narcissists that you can surround yourselves around aren't typical. Of course, we have in our um, culture, a, a lot of men do have the narcissistic traits, but I, I wouldn't genderize, genderize this, 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 this um, disease because I believe it is. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not something that I would highly um praise at all so it's interesting what you said because for you a narcissist and i think the general definition for someone when you think of like empath you think someone who is compassionate yeah. when you think of narcissist you think someone who just thinks about themselves but then there's different layers and there's and it's not a it's a fluid thing as well someone who and who might be a very empathetic person may go through a phase where they tend to be a little bit more, I wouldn't even say the word narcissist, but become more self-conceited. And here's the thing, and here's my problem with even having those two words, is that nowadays, this generation keeps using the word narcissism as a way to villainize people that they don't like or people who might have you know, additional confidence or someone might be self-conceited. For me, it's not about whether someone is an empath or a narcissist, it's do you hold space? I think when we ask that question, does this person hold space for me? Does this person hold space for others? Yeah. Then you're able to navigate. And I don't, under, I still don't understand the labels, even though I know I just asked you that question. But it is something that when we're talking about empathy and narcissism, it's always, it's always, uh, it's always discussed. I would say, look, this generation is extreme in all forms. We use the word depressed all the time for sad, right? Narcissistic yeah. for self-centered. I think that um, bottom line is that. Uh, narcissists, I would, knowing a few myself, I would tell you that they're, uh, some of them are incredibly emotionally intelligent. That's how they get everything around. And, and I think when you're emotionally 
intelligent. You understand how to gaslight. You understand how to do all those tips and, you know, not tips, sorry, manipulation tricks. But that is, you know, that's one thing that can be a part of a narcissist. Some narcissists don't have that. So it's not really a, a yin-yang thing. It's more so like you get them in all shapes and colors. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Because you, you, the way we describe it, it's like, it's like this intention of manipulating. But I, like, I think at the end of the day, um, a lot of people move with that. At least this is how I see it. And this is how I'd like to see the world with good intentions. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and again, that's why I'm like, as opposed to always labeling others, why not just ask ourselves, like, yeah. how does this person make me feel? Yeah. Because I think when we ask ourselves, and this is for anyone who is really listening to this, and it's like, oh, this am I empathetic? Or is this person empathetic? Is this family member a narcissist? It's like, no, how does this person make me feel? And I think when you just answer or like ask that. yourself those questions, like you're able to move without necessarily painting a whole narrative about someone just based mm. on one or two descriptive words. And this actually is going to lead me to my next question for you. And because, you, like I said, you have a podcast called yeah. Empathy Always Wins. You're a mental health advocate, Forbes 30 under 30. You're a legend, my man. And I, would, I just want to know, as someone who talks about empathy all the time, do you believe that empathy is something that can be developed? Of course it can. Of course it can. It's, a, it's an instinct nature. In fact, like, you know, the more that you... Um, practice more self-awareness the more that you're actually the more that you help others and the more that you surround yourself with with um with others or or, or do random acts of kindness there mm -hmm. there's certain scientific many scientific uh, journal articles that that do state the fact that you can work on your um self-awareness and develop more empathy there are studies i just don't want to you know on camera right now which studies have been proven to do that but i do remember reading more than a few and i do remember from having peers that have written incredible books that um we can work on our um emotional intelligence and we can develop higher levels of empathy uh i do think that needs to be a skill set taught in schools um just as i do think financial literacy needs to be taught in schools so if it was taught in school what do you think the curriculum would look like Oh, that's a great question. I would think the first thing is to spot um, body language, right? Like I could spot someone's feeling and emotion just by walking into an airport, seeing, seeing is that someone really excited to travel? Are they tired? What does it look like? It's that sense of curiosity we had as kids, but sometimes it's taken away from us for whatever reason as, as, as we grow up. I would, I would say body language would be one tonality and i would also tone of voice i mean uh, one other thing i would say is um practice empathy would be very situational it's like behavioral um context of what would happen in day-to-day -day, um, events in your life so mm -hmm. if your brother or if your friend or you know tying it to bullying at schools for example how would you deal with a bully all those things i think that would really help us understanding how to contextualize a very heavy but a very simple um uh, super power which i believe that is empathy i love that and that's gonna get me to my next question you just mentioned bullying you mentioned or alluded to people who hurt you in the past yeah should we be empathetic to people who have hurt us in the past yeah, but 
you can still keep a distance from them and 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 and, and create a very solid boundary. Being empathetic understands that it's not your thing to deal with. That does not make you less yeah. of uh of a strong person. It actually makes you 10 times more more powerful. But mm. having empathy does not mean that you will just be a doormat for anyone to step on you. Having empathy means that you can understand the reality of someone's person, sometimes even better than they can understand themselves, but you keep space and a distance mm -hmm. to protect yourself. So that's why I say it's a superpower because you actually, I would say you really need high levels of empathy to develop your best self. Uh, dude, love, love, love everything you just said. And the first thing you said, you can still have empathy, but still not be a doormat and still walk away. And I think that's where a lot of people... Uh, may mess up is because when we're like, okay, let's be empathetic to this person. Let's use uh, the context uh, or analogy of relationship. Someone might hurt the other person. That person is now trying to be very empathetic. You know, this person is going through this, this person is going through that. And it just keeps, it keeps piling up, piling up, mm -hmm. piling up to the point where like, hey, this is not a healthy relationship. And this is where what you just said is so golden because it's not just about you being empathetic. It's like, it's one thing to understand, but then being self-aware, what's also best for you. But I want to also say something. Sometimes in our culture, we're like, like, of course, this might be gendered or not, but, you know, we need to do X to comfort X. And sometimes that is very emotionally charging in a way that's negative because, you know, we don't know sometimes should we do this or that. And sometimes, you know, we feel bad for things that are good for us. And mm -hmm. that is an unlearning part that I, I've actually had to work so hard on. For example, I'll give you an example. You have a family member that, you know, culture says you need to be super close to, but this family member, no one knows, keeps, you know, really making you feel bad, says words that are abusive. You have, it's your, it's my responsibility to put a boundary and I owe nobody any explanation. My peace comes first. Sometimes that is very difficult to digest in a culture that, you know, glorifies things that are not contextually always right. And by what I'm saying, that that is empathy in play with no disrespect to that family member. So that's where you're serving yourself. You're still being very respectful, but you're also doing you know, your mental health a favor. Mm -hmm. And if this person does not change, it's not your responsibility to change them. Absolutely. Facts, 100%. And again, it goes back to this idea. We can be empathetic, but still put boundaries. We can be yeah. empathetic Absolutely. and still walk away. Absolutely. And so thank you very much, Ali, for, for sharing so much of your knowledge. Like today, we just talked about empathy. We talked about empathy, how it works and what does it look like? What does it look like in the month of Ramadan? We talked about empaths versus narcissists, understanding the difference between the two and understanding what that looks like on a day-to-day -day and what you should do to make yourself feel better. We talked about boundaries. We talked about you can still be empathetic, but still walk away and still yeah. put boundaries that will protect your mental health. Being empathetic is one thing, but also protecting your well-being is another and taking the right steps for yourself is very important and key. Um, one question I do, one last question I do have for you. As someone who is still 
quite young and you're doing so many different things. Yeah. I want to ask you, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell your younger Ali? That's a very tough one. Um, I would tell my younger self that every weakness you thought you had was actually your strength, just undiscovered because you didn't know how to use them. Mic drop. So that was very beautifully said. So, and I do think a lot of people always look at themselves in society's systems and norms and things that could be perceived as a weakness, quote unquote, could actually be their strength. And you yeah. see this a lot in the creative industry, Absolutely. right? So thank you so much for coming. Before I let you go, I want you to tell the Yellow Stock community <laughs> where they can find you. Yeah. Tell them about any exciting projects you're working yeah. on. And I'll leave the mic to you. Thank you. So um, thank you, Hanny, for having me, number I one. Mean. Number two, um, you know, I started the mental health journey uh, because of a very tough experience I've been through. Um, I'm a former pro swimmer. I swam for nearly 14 years. Um, coming to Toronto when I had the struggles that I had, uh, I actually went to a vocal coach. And because I had won my high school uh, talent show, my mom said, hey, why don't you do something different? Well, today it's eight years, um, and I'm finally releasing my first um, my first record, and... Uh, where uh, after really being in the scene, working with so many of the most successful artists, um, I just uh, am so, so, so excited to walk the walk through a cultural, artistic, developmental manner. And um, yeah, um, today I'm just excited to share that. And thank you so much for having me. Amazing. We're so excited. And what is your new name going to be under it's, this it's artist? Cairo Kid. It's Cairo Kid. Um, I'm very inspired by uh, the alchemist, Paolo Coelho, Santiago, Fatma, and that entire story. And just the fact that the treasure was in Giza and where I was born, I just feel so, so, so enamored to kind of use Paolo's inspiration and, and, wear, that, and wear that name. Amazing. Well, I look forward to downloading it. I listen to some of his stuff. This guy is incredible. When I'm Dang. telling you, like, yo, and I forgot to even <laughs> add in the introduction, swimmer and an artist, like, come on. I but appreciate it. Thank you. I so man. Thank you so much thank for you coming. For watching and, and thank you for everyone behind the screens. I really appreciate you guys. On that note, I want to thank everybody who's listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Enrami. So please don't forget to subscribe, rate us. We appreciate all the love and we're going to grow together. Hashtag Yalla Bye.